MT and Momo in for Sedano and Cap. Lindsay, what do we need to know? Well, what you need to know is brought to you by Morango Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. And what you need to know today is if you're one of those people who worship the Sopranos and you're here in L.A., I've got some great news for you. Warner Brothers officially announced today that coming up December 17th and 18th, there will be a officially licensed convention for wow. fans of The Sopranos. Okay. Convention? Yeah, The Who Sopranos convention. I thought convention. you were going to announce a movie coming out of something. Well, I feel like a lot, too much time has probably passed. No! And plus, you know, like The Saints of Newark, I feel like that kind of flopped, right? Yeah, it kind of did. Yeah. I tried yeah. watching it. I wasn't all that into it. Really? Yeah. It's yeah, not same. the same without Tony, huh? Same, yeah, exactly. It, it kind of all went downhill from there. Yeah. But anyway, the Sopranos convention will be held at the LA Convention Center, and it'll feature on stage panels, interviews, and audience Q and A's. Uh, it's also going to have trivia competitions, a costume contest, autographs, hmm. photo ops, and more. Hmm. Special guests to appear will be the creator, writer, producer David Chase, Edie Falco, who of course won three Emmys for playing Carmela Soprano, uh, and two-time Emmy nominees Dominic. Chinesi, I don't know how to say his last name, uh, who played Uncle Junior, and then Ada oh, Turturro, yeah. who played Janice Soprano. Oh, all right. Yeah, so tickets, if you want to go to that, uh, are available at SopranosConvention.com, coming up December 17th and 18th. That sounds fun. Yeah. I mean, you know what's interesting? Um, that's one of those shows that I feel like I've seen a documentary on it, too, and David Chase has done a lot of interviews about it over the years. Um, that is one of those shows you can go back and rewatch that. Oh yeah, and it's still really good. Yes. It totally ages well. Yeah, it still holds up. Um, there's I, I've been like late to the party on a few shows. Like I just I just binge watched Breaking Bad and like I'm still getting through Better Call Saul. So I'm like a season and a half behind. Mm-hmm. I just finished Better Call Saul like, like two nights ago. Yeah, and and it's harder for me to binge watch because I'm like watching with my husband. So we have to find a time when we both have an hour to watch, and we don't have an hour together anymore because we have two children under the age of three <laughs> i need a new show michael do you binge watch any oh, shows i'm no. watching the americans that's the one i, I just discovered I that. Oh, okay I've, I've no that. i don't really binge watch anything i'm too much on youtube tv chuck looking at documentaries and that's all i watch Martin. michael and all I, this stuff. any documentary i guarantee that you name i guarantee i've seen it yeah it's funny when i go to like twitter and like the sedano and cap community and i ask for recommendations or mm. people will tweet yeah. me about documentaries i'm like I can almost guarantee that any recommendation that someone gives me from one of like the main streaming services, already I've seen already it. seen it. So you were telling me about the Tim Donahue documentary, Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but our guy who writes about uh, uh, who writes about gambling said that there are major issues with this documentary, right? Well, I, I watched it last night. I know Ireland watched it last night. I know Bergman did. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Mason did. But after watching that, I'm convinced that the NBA was in on that whole... That okay. whole point shaving thing. So really? this guy, yes. there's a guy. I'm going to send you some of these links. So I, I haven't watched it yet, but I will just to get caught up on it. Oh, Serena, Serena is broke. up five four. She yeah. broke. She broke. Serving for the Contivate, set. and she's now serving for the set. How about first, that? first set. I have ten thousand mythical money dollars on it. <laughs> but you know what? That was not even a good bet. I just bet with my heart because I wanted to win. Yeah. yeah, that's my son Daniel. Uh, like he, he just like he watches any any baseball game he watches he says go Dodgers and any tennis match he watches says go Serena, go Serena. <laughs> even if Nadal's playing oh yeah <laughs> tennis is go Serena yeah. <laughs> right um, I I don't know what it is about Serena she she um, like she's almost like to me iconic in the way like I get inspired by strong females mm-hmm. uh, but not she's not it's not just that she's strong it's that she has this humanity and vulnerability that I feel like she's constantly overcoming. And when she became a mom, 
I was, I think she had um, her daughter about the same time that I was pregnant with Daniel. And I remember watching her documentary. She did a five-part documentary, speaking of documentaries, right? I haven't seen one on her yet. Yeah, you should watch it. Being Serena. Okay. Um, it's on HBO. Yeah. And it was it was really good to watch in terms of what women go through coming back. Because you, your body is not the same really? <laughs> after you have a baby. Um, and there's all these, and she had a C-section too, emergency oh. C-section. She had a, she developed, um, she had, she was induced and then after a long time I had a very similar experience like they induce you it doesn't go well and then you and the baby get to be in danger Um, and there's this part like there's a part of you that's like sad about it because you want to have a natural childbirth and Mm -hmm. it's not fun to have a c-section that's major abdominal surgery and um, but then you also realize like if this was 150 years ago you would have died in childbirth right right? so you're just I was just grateful for modern medicine thank you Um, Serena had an emergency c-section she's also had like some serious physical things yep. she had blood clots yeah, she had. yeah. she's had she's stuff. overcome a lot of yes, stuff in had. her career yeah and she still had like even though she has this ferocity and she has this like greatest of all time swagger about her mm-hmm. and style she's wearing a ton of sequins in this match here um everybody's there tiger woods is there oh, yeah. it's I, the hot I, ticket yeah bella hadid is there i mean there, there's just like celebrities in new york everyone's i saw i saw uh spike lee's there yep. it's like a knicks game yeah. <laughs> right? yeah um but it's uh serena is it's it's because she overcomes all that like you could see her battling herself she's got she's got some of that kobe stuff yeah uh, kobe that's mantra right. in her yeah that's right and you you have to be to be that great to be as great as people like her and kobe and jordan and yeah magic people like that and uh was it uh, allison felix jackie yep. joiner you have to have that kind of fight and competitiveness in you otherwise you can't get to this there's level. something about like when you know that you're not the same especially as an aging athlete oh, yeah. you know you're not the same mm-hmm. and you still find a way to win yep exactly and that is what is what i have been drawing strength from like as a like what i get inspired by when i watch her i'm like come on girl like you had a you're almost you're 41 yeah, like and she had a baby and she when they cut into your abdomen oh. and you have that i mean you have to rebuild totally rebuild your core your core not to mention take taking care of your little daughter like and training into love that you have to traveling the way she has to like this that is not easy to do. Oh, no question about it. To see she's still thriving to do this at yep. this level. And this, that's why it just amazes me. I mean, we've seen a bunch of 37-year-old basketball mm-hmm. players before. But what oh, LeBron, yeah. LeBron is doing is just like, this, 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 no, this that doesn't, doesn't seem humanly possible no. to be at this level at 37, going to be 38, yep. and yet he's still doing this. When he goes to the basket and dunk at his age, yep. and he can still get up like that, you go, what are we watching here? This, yeah. You're not supposed to be able to do this well, at this like age. This match right now with Serena playing the number two player in the world, and in her last U.S. Open, it feels like Kobe's last game to me. It feels like- yeah, Oh, yeah, definitely. It's the same vibe. Same vibe. Same vibe in New York. If you had the stadium, the yep. stadium watching this, like tonight. we all knew Kobe was. This was his last game. Yep. They weren't making the playoffs. We knew he was playing the Jazz. Neither team was really going anywhere. Yeah. The Jazz were kind of in the playoff chase, I guess, but the the Lakers weren't. They had seventeen wins that right. year, and you just kind of feel like with Serena, like she she's not what she used to be. She's playing somebody better than her right now, physically younger, younger. But I still feel like she's got a little magic left. Maybe oh, I just yeah. want that, and 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 I just felt like with Kobe, like. He had something. Le- I mean, he went for sixty that last game. Sixty, fifty. Mm. She's now down 40, 30, 40 love, love, love forty. Love forty. 
Uh, but she she just broke. What now does that she's, mean? What does love forty mean? Love zero. Love is zero. Love okay. is zero. Love. I asked. I looked it up online. Where did they get the name? I love some kind of maybe French word for being zero or something like that. Oh, so how okay. do you? What's the origin of meaning of love in tennis? And Ask the came from some. Ask the community. They yeah, probably it came know. from some foreign language for zero. Oh, and some kind of way like love. They said love or something like that. And that's, then it, <laughs> it did. And then I was trying to read about it, and then yeah. it turns into love. Okay. That's how. You, well, I now wonder, she's gonna have to come back. She has a triple break point to stave off. Oh, there's an hey, ace. There's you know, an ace. And you know what drives me crazy about tennis? If the first two points, why do you just go? Why do you go fifteen, thirty? Why don't yeah. you just go one, two, three, yeah, four? Yeah, right. Well, instead of when that's you keep right. And score. then when it goes to thirty, it goes. To, it, it goes. It goes to forty yeah. instead of another fifteen. Right. It's weird. Who made that up? I don't know. Somebody. Some <laughs> tennis Englishman, doesn't make sense. Some Englishman back in the no, Wimbledon. I'm sure. um, but MT and I have been trying to talk about Aaron Donald and what he finally said because it wasn't all that much. He basically gave the Allen Iverson answer. We're talking about practice. practice man. But that's true. He's, you know, when I saw this, I'm not trying to be prudish or, you know, like a guy who overreacts. But yeah. when I saw, and, and it's not just Aaron Donald, for any player, anytime you take off at someone's helmet and you swing mm-hmm. at it at someone. Now, I don't know if he was swinging at a guy wearing another helmet. Yeah. But if you're swinging at the guy with no helmet on and you have a helmet, especially as big and strong as a guy like Aaron yeah. Donald is, I don't care if it's in a practice field. I don't care if it's during game time, like what Miles Garrett did. I don't care if it's in a parking yep. lot. You're swinging a weapon. Yeah. And you could kill somebody. You know, I mean, or, or practice someone's skull. So to me, it's it, it goes beyond a fight. That's like someone in yep. batting practice getting mad and, and starts swinging a bat. Yeah. What's the difference? It's not okay. So yeah. here's his quote, and this is on the AP Pro Football Podcast. Quote, it was just practice. It was football. I don't really want to go back to nothing negative that happened and talk about something that happened in a practice. My main focus is Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So he's had what... two weeks to come up with a good answer. Yeah. So two weeks to figure out what he was going to say about this, and that's what he chose to say. Yeah. I mean, you'd... okay, if you want, fights are going to happen in practice. We understand yep. that between grown men it's gonna happen, and grown women, too. I'm sure you've yeah. seen a few. But when you pick up a weapon, think that that changes. Yeah. That's crossing the line. Yeah, you we, have to understand there's, that. There's, I mean, and, and like I was, I'm of the belief that like, he shouldn't be suspended. I don't. I think that's a that's an internal fine on the Rams. I think it kind of depends on what the Bengals players say. It's practice. Supposed we to be legis- Yeah. Supposed to be connected with the with the helmet to somebody. He Should did he? connect, but the guy had his helmet on. Oh, he said, okay. And, yeah. But it doesn't. It still doesn't make it okay. Still dangerous. Still very dangerous. Very. And I know, like in the sport I played softball, like. We like you don't swing a bat at somebody. You don't go in spikes up. Right. If you go in spikes up, like that's yeah, that's not Same okay. Thing in soccer, right? Right. Like if you hit somebody, it better be an accident. Like yeah. you don't try to hit people in the head. Right. Right. You don't like if and, you're pitching, and, and, you try to hit somebody, you hit him in the knee. And what he was doing was no accident. He was intentionally trying no. to hit somebody with that helmet. I will say this though, in watching that video, by the way, Serena dropped that service game, so it's now five five in the first set. And Kuntovate is up thirty fifteen. Yes. To go up six five. Um, the. Uh, he looked like Jon Snow in Game of Thrones. Like he looked mm-hmm. like in the Battle of the Bastards. Like he was one against fifty. Yeah. Like there was a fight, and it was like the whole Bengals, the, the whole Bengals so, offensive line was, or in offense really was so coming after. So Miles him. Garrett could get suspended six games for his helmet swinging against Mason Rudolph. Mm-hmm. Six games, I believe he got the rest of the season. He got suspended for six. Anyway. How, how, what's the difference between that and a game and Aaron and Aaron in practice? So one, it's practice. Two, so. He, That's what I said, Michael. Took, I'm with you. Yeah, what's the difference? He took my, he took 
Mason Rudolph's actual helmet. Like he hit him with his own helmet, right. so he's he didn't have a helmet on. And, um, yeah. I don't want to defend it. I think it was a horrible thing he did. Mm-hmm. But I also think we, we, there are certain lines where we we don't usually legislate and punish people for what happens in practice. Like the league doesn't. Yeah, the Rams might or the Bengals might. But I didn't. Did, Lynn, did you read enough stuff out of Cincinnati? Were they saying he should be with the Bengals upset I about it? I didn't see anybody complaining about yeah. it from Cincinnati. Yeah. Um I just feel like. To Michael's point, when the Miles Garrett thing happened, there were people that were like, all the talking heads, yeah. were like, that's an that's assault. That should, that's a yeah. felony. He should go to jail for that. He should be charged criminally for yeah. that. And it's like, I know that it's like Sedano's point was that you can see, you could see that up close in 4K, whereas this one, it's it's not as clear yeah. what happened. Yeah. But still, if he hit somebody with a helmet, Oof. like it's still... It's still... It, you know what it does? It makes me think differently about Aaron Donald. Oh yeah, um, totally. It makes me like well, if I a, played against mean, somebody like guy. that. Yeah, but if I played against somebody who used a bat and like tried oh, to swing yeah. a bat, I yeah. I would never look at them the same way. You know, it's funny. Kirk, um, or I mean, uh, Demarco said yeah. on Tuesday that Aaron Donald. We were talking about micing players up. He's like Aaron Donald. You could never mic that man up. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he is a very angry man when he plays. Really? So yeah, <laughs> like those two things put together. You yeah. know, dangerous guy. Yeah, I mean, I like. I'm surprised that after two weeks. Of, of since that happened it was a week and a half I guess that that's what he had to say that after all of because I, I, I always go behind the scenes and think about how many PR people are probably talking to him mm-hmm. and what the what Sean McVay probably said to him of hey what you should say publicly yeah. and what you should, like saying it was practice I'm not going to talk about anything negative <laughs> like that's kind of like I guess that's, that's not much of, of an apology that's his way of let's let's just let's move on it's it's over with no one got hurt and thank thank God, yeah. so it's time to move on. Maybe that's the way he figured he's going to handle it. And you're right now that uh, people forget about it. Come game one, nobody will remember it. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I like I think people remember that. I think that kind of thing follows you. And it's Pro- also no, it does make so. me think differently of him because it happened in practice. If it happened in a game, okay. Imagine that happening in the so, Super Bowl against the Bengals. Oh my right. goodness! If it happened in a game, it'd be different. Oh yeah. Um, but ask Kermit Washington how that went. Well, I was in the game, right? And, and it was uh, a punch. It was a punch. I almost killed Rudy Tomjanovich with that. It was so scary. And uh, and that was just a punch with his hand. But yeah, I mean, but uh, yeah, that was in the game. That's why. If that happened in practice yeah. or in a scrimmage against another team, and, yep. but no one really saw it, I don't think Kermit would have suffered the same amount of uh, suspension punishment. He might have got suspended or something, yeah. but it wouldn't have been sixty games. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I want to, I'm, I'm gonna have D, when, when D. Far comes in, he's hosting with me the next couple of days. I gotta ask him what the, what the, what a player thinks of that. Yeah, that's what that'd, that'd be more in- interesting because what a, yep. how a play, how players think about that, his peers. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, Michael, I've been watching the Legacy series yeah. on Hulu. Oh yeah, the history of the Lakers, and your old coach Pat Riley. Oh was given a chance to defend something he did that may have cost the Lakers a championship. Oh, yeah, I, I kind of you know think I know said? what it is. <laughs> they wouldn't listen to me. I warned them. Let's see if you know what he said. Okay. That's Michael Thompson. I'm Momo. In for Sinatum Cap, ESPN LA. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. I like this song. Lens, what's this for? What are we playing this for? It's one of the anniversaries, and I know it's super old, but I love this song. I remember like hearing this on the oldie station when I was little. It's uh, it was the number one hit back in 1963. It was a long time ago. That's right, 63. I was eight years old. Do you remember this song, Michael? Of course, I remember all (laughs) the songs. Who sings it? Yeah. Who sings sings it? it? I don't know, but I've I've heard the song many times. The Angels. That's who sings it. The Angels. I like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, I like that. Figured you'd like the the way way throwback, Michael. Oh yeah, I love these the sixty songs. I like it. All right, hey, here's an update. Serena Williams is in a first set tiebreaker, six six in the first set. She's up two one, but she's not serving now. So this is contivate. This uh, Michael and I are calling this like live. Like yeah. this is this is for people who. I mean, it's not even just a tennis story. Serena, to me, is an icon. Just yeah, like Beyonce right, of the right. tennis world. This is her last U.S. Open, and she's playing the number two tennis mm-hmm. player in the world, Contivate, from yep. Estonia. Don't know her first name. She's good, apparently. <laughs> she's good. She's By good. the way, funny story. You mentioned Beyonce. Did you see uh, Laverne Cox? She was in uh, Orange is the New Black. Uh-huh. She was at the U.S. Open walking around, and I guess she had like a headscarf or something on. Yeah. And people mistook her for Beyonce, and she was like, "No, no, I'm not Beyonce, but I'm so flattered that you think that." And I was like, "That's a, that's a cool moment." Being who have you ever been uh, mistaken for? Have you ever been mistaken for? Oh, me? Yeah. Oh, all the time. <laughs> uh, let's see, Kareem. Okay. How about that? Hey, Kareem. I look, I do you play like, along with it? Yeah, I was gonna say, do you do you say like, no, no, I'm not. Do you correct no, them? When they, when they when they when they when I turn around, I go, I wish, <laughs> I wish I was as great as Kareem. Mm-hmm. But Kareem, let's see who else have I been mistaken for? I wish, why don't why don't they ever re- mistake me for Rick Fox? Just once. I like that, huh? <laughs> well, the best looking man who ever played basketball. Yeah. Or oh, the Rock. Married to Vanessa Let's take me for the Rock one oh, time. Oh, the Rock. Yeah. I love the Rock so uh, but much. But definitely Kareem, Wayne Cooper was my team. I got uh, Sam Bowie. I got mistaken for him. So, you know, I, maybe we do all look alike. But you, you never go along. Like, you never play along no, with it? I never, never once? One time I was in the elevator in a hotel, and obviously I'm tall, yeah. and this old lady, this white old lady, white old lady came in. She had to be. Probably 70s. Oh, you're so tall. Do you play basketball? Yes, I do, ma'am. So, <laughs> with who? I said, well, I'm here with the Lakers. Oh, what's your name? <laughs> I said, have you ever heard of Kobe Bryant? <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I'm, Co- I'm Kobe. No she, she got all excited. She wanted, oh, my, oh my God. God. Can I take a picture? Said, That's amazing. Said, what if you would have, did you take a picture with her? No, I said, I'm, I'm, just, I thought, I'm just kidding. I'm not Kobe. But she actually thought I was Kobe. Oh, I felt amazing. all of a sudden I felt like a star. <laughs> You're all, you are a star. We're talking about people who are out of touch. How can you mistake me for Kobe Bryant? You know what? Like sometimes I go to um, things and somebody will know that they they'll recognize me from something, but they don't know who I am. They're like, I've seen you mm-hmm. on right, right, and you just kind of have to like, like most, and especially like when we play in the softball game out there at the the ESPN LA softball game, there were, the kids will come up to you and they go, Oh, you're. You're somebody. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, I am. Oh, I, they I listen to the station. They know who you are. They don't are, know who I am. Like, well, I see you on uh, NBA on TV Today. or something That's like right. that. But they don't totally know. Who, can I have your autograph? I don't know your name, but can yeah. I have your autograph? Oh, you're yeah. maybe famous. So I have a question. Maybe, not really. How long have you been on TV, Ramona? Because I feel like you're on quite a bit. Like you're on multiple different shows. Mm. 
I probably like probably ten years. Do you and you do get stopped a lot, or do people like say stuff to you a lot in public? No, you know why? I look horrible when I'm out in public. I have my hair up in a ponytail. I have no makeup on. I'm like I. You're think, being modest. Well, like like right now, I have zero makeup on. I have the shirt I wore to the indoor playground with my three. And what did I say morning. when you came in? I said you look. You look great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was nice you. of you. No, but, but you I, do. I mean, there's probably like some. He my my son had pizza and he like wipes his hands on my shirt, <laughs> and I was like gonna change, but I didn't. <laughs> so there's probably some pizza sauce on my shirt. Like most times. It's, it's also because you're out of context. So when they see when people see you outside of um, outside of the context they're used to seeing you on, it takes them a minute to recognize you. I only ask because Clinton always talks about how people recognize him all the time to the point where it's annoying. He likes it. He he says no, no, like no, no. he said he, he was at it. Top Golf with Greg and he was like annoyed that people kept recognizing him and wanting to take their pictures with him and stuff. And he's like, people recognize oh, me everywhere. Poor Clinton. And I, I feel like you've been on TV really? for a very long time. I feel like people would yeah, recognize people you recognize more. Me, he was but... complaining about being oh, recognized. Yeah, yeah. He, you know. oh, no, 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 no. It's kind of nice when people recognize you. Yeah, right? it's nice. I always say thank you. I mean, there's definitely times where I don't want to chat. Like I'm yeah. like. Travis Rogers is always like, don't talk to me. But he's also not, he, like, nobody recognizes Travis. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good pull, Taylor. <laughs> that was good. I mean, like, Taylor, I mean, Travis is a radio guy, but he's yeah. not on TV yeah. as he recognized. I agree with you. And he wants to, and he's an, I would talk to Travis. I think he has a lot of things to yeah, say of and all course. that. Yeah, very interesting. Um, but it's a, uh, Oh man, set point, Serena. Yeah. Michael and I are so distracted. Look at Spike Lee; he's jumping up say, and down Spike like the Lee Knicks like are about to super win. Super into this. Spike Lee. I don't is even going like nuts. tennis, and I'm into this. I'm into this, right? Are you into it? I'm you don't like it. tennis? Why not? It's not that. I mean, like, it's not that I don't like it. I just don't. I don't know much about it, and I don't really follow it. I mean, but I, it's Serena, right? I know that's why. I, that's what I was saying. Like, <laughs> I, I, look at her. Look at that pose. Yeah. Any other time, Serena, there's nobody like a big poses match, like Serena. I'm not watching it. You know, like Michael, did you ever pose when you have a big? Oh, look, Tiger Woods on Tiger. Yeah, Tiger's on his pose. No, I was never that come that kind of a poser or show offer i wish i had that kind of moxie or that kind of you know that kind of like swag oh, she took here. it she yeah, took she's it up, it? she's it. up seven six serena williams takes the first set seven six one you know if she didn't win that that was gonna be hard because she's kind of old yeah, <laughs> if, well, you, if you go all the way to the first set tie break and have a couple of break points like and then well, you lose yeah. it's gonna be hard well she better win the second set because in the third set yeah that's gonna be the the one of the big scenes in um in King Richard is her when she played up at Stanford. This was one of her first. No, this is Venus. Venus, yeah. And Venus played up at Stanford. And it was one of her first big tournaments. And she played. Do you know? Wait, don't get. No, tell me. Let me see. Who did she play? She played the number one player in the world, right? What was her name? She was from oh, Spain. Uh, yeah, uh, Arancha, Arancha Sanchez Vicario. Very good. Yeah. And she played. So she plays Arancha Sanchez Vicario, and. Her and everybody like all these deals are out there. Nike wants her, Reebok wants her, everybody wants Venus, and and they said no. You know what? Why do they want me now? They don't know me yet. Like, mm-hmm. and she she turned down. I think it was like twelve million dollars. No, she started off at two million. Nike two million. offered a two million, and uh, she said no, and they kept and, increasing and, the offer. And, and uh, the agent for Venus. Uh-huh. Richard was sitting there on the couch. He said, "Not enough. Not That's enough. okay." And the agent was like, "Are you crazy?" Yeah. And Venus. Uh, Richard said, "Nope. She got. We need more than that." And then they went up to three million, then yeah. four million, five million, and, and Richard Williams kept still kept saying, "Nope, not enough." Not enough. And then she finds herself for twelve million. They finally signed that twelve million, 12 million. and at fourteen, fifteen, no, what? She and was she 16, hadn't done anything yet. Eight, hadn't done anything. But they, she, he knew what he had. Yeah. He knew how good Venus was. He knew what how good Serena was. Right. And, and when, when Venus she, came along, I remember Richard Williams saying, 
uh, wait till you see her little sister. She's going to be better yeah. than Venus. I and said, wait a minute. You shouldn't say that in front of Venus. It might hurt no. her feelings. I know. <laughs> Which that was can. like LeVar Ball. He would always say that about LaMelo. He's yeah. going to be the best of them all. That's right. He did say that, didn't he? And we he? were like, really, LeVar? Yeah. Come on. Lonzo's number two pick in the draft. Yeah. And he was right. He is right. Look at LaMelo is the best oh, of them all. That's right. That's why people criticize LeVar and they make fun of him. Mm-hmm. But I admire him, man. What he did for those boys, he never, okay, Lamelo, Leangelo got in trouble that yeah. one time in China. It was a stupid thing to do. But since then, he's been a model citizen. You don't mm-hmm. hear nothing bad about the ball boys. Yeah. And uh, so I think LeVar and his wife, Tina, has yep. done a great job with those boys. Yeah, really good job. I mean, they're, yeah. like, to, to have, I mean, as, as, the father of three boys who all played professional sports. I think you can. You're the only one yeah. qualified to have that discussion. <laughs> but, but yeah, really good job with them. Uh-huh. This is um. Oh, look at that pose. I just like we're watching Serena Williams on the on the TV as she's playing live in New York and what is going to be her final U.S. Open final final tennis match ever after 20 years and she just won the first set against the number two overall player in the world after 23 years she came in at she came years. in at 16 i believe 16 wow. she won the u.s open at 17 that's amazing this she, is reminding me of kobe's last game she beats the number two overall player in the world but anyway her sister venus when she came on the scene she played arancha sanchez vicario arancha was the number one player in the world venus gets up she venus, wins she that first, the first set. set yep right and afterwards arancha says i need to take a break right Break the momentum. Yeah, break the momentum. And she just took forever. In the, in the ladies' room. In the yeah. ladies' room. <laughs> and it kind of iced Venus. Yep. Like, she started feeling the moment. It's yeah. gamesmanship. Yeah, she started feeling the moment. She started feeling the pressure. Mm-hmm. And I think this is where this is where in those moments. That's why tennis is such a good sport, Lindsay. I know you don't yeah, like Lindsay, it. But, come on. But this is where no, tennis. No, it's not, that I, again, it's not that I don't like it. It's just not something that I, I, yeah. I follow, you know? Yeah, I know. So I get if, it. So uh, if you met a nice gentleman and says, hey, Lindsay, I got two tickets uh, courtside to the U.S. Open uh, tennis, you'd go, eh. I would go. Oh, you'd go. But I'd you'd go. be bored. I don't know if I'd you be take bored. something to read. It's just that, you know, <laughs> my, my brain can only consume so much information. Mm-hmm. And I feel like at this point in my life, learning a whole new sport and all that stuff is just a lot. And like, yeah, I get it. I would. I mean, I, I'm not opposed to it. You I just are, feel like, you know, you're a big time baseball fan. You call Lindsay baseball. So if you were in New York tonight and you had two tickets to the Mets Dodgers or two tickets to this match, which one would you go to? Mm, I mm. see. Oh, I think I, would, I think I would go to this. Yeah, yeah. you got to go to this. Yeah. This is iconic. Yeah. Dodgers are losing two nothing in the fifth, by the way. Put two it, nothing down yeah. to the Mets. Put in Trace. You know what? These two places, if you've been to New York, this is probably only like three miles away from yeah, the Shea right Stadium. The new Shea Stadium is very close to Flushing yeah. Meadows, uh, where the U.S. Open is held. And uh, it is, it, it's interesting. Like, the if in New York, I think 100%, first of all, the Mets are not the Yankees. No. The Angels are playing the Yankees tonight. It's like, it's kind of like the Lakers and the Clippers, I, I guess is yeah, the best is. way to describe yeah, it. Yeah. Um, so the Mets are, you know, people, people are like, oh, this Mets, they're cute, nice. Cute could little team. Could you do both? Like, could you watch this and then walk over to the ballpark? No, because this, yeah, this tennis match, they started exactly the same time, oh, okay. and this match is going to go for a while. I was going to say, I don't even know how long, like, a typical tennis match. Well, for the ladies, for the ladies, sets. The, the ladies go three sets, and they're, like, long sets. You're talking about, yeah. it could be two hours. For the men, they could go up to five hours, if a best of five, five sets. sets. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And if they're long ones, if they're yeah. long, I mean, if they win, like, 6-2, six, 6-3, six, it'll be over pretty yeah, quick. quick. But if it's a if it's a long first set tiebreaker, Serena mm-hmm. won 7-5 in the tiebreaker. That's, that's, that's uh, so I guess it was 7-6 in the, is the first set. That's, that's pretty, that's going to go a while. Yeah. She's tired. She just, she just lost the, her serve in the first game of the second set um look it's 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 interesting with um serena playing right now because i think this is the part where she starts to feel it like she's always she gets to the finals and then loses 
Does she, she gets she gets all the way there. Is the, is the sports world too misogynist to give her her due? To I mean, like, like she's a great yeah. athlete, one of America's greatest athletes. But is she as revered as say a Tom Brady or a no. Tiger? But, no, and because, she should because be. she's a woman. Yeah, you think that's part of it? Be. Not for all men, of course, but for I think that's part. A lot of that plays into it because she's she's not. Mm-hmm. If she was a male American tennis player, would she get more pub? Even though she's had a lot, I think she's. I think she's had a lot. Um, yeah, she has, yeah. yeah. Don't get me wrong. I think she's she's probably to me kind of like Tiger when she was as dominant as she was. Like there was no one in the sport. Well, of who course, could touch she her. was as dominant in this sport as right. Tiger was in as golf. A, yeah, but she yet was. Tiger's a bigger star, right? Even oh, though no. golf. Isn't Tiger a bigger star than Serena? I think he is. I think he is. What do you think? And I think so. Yeah, he is by far. Yeah, yeah. by far. Even though it's golf, tennis, you know, it's not he like he might a main... be bigger also though because of uh, his scandals. <laughs> <laughs> that takes you to another level when you have oh, scandals like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, right? that's true. Yeah. I mean, he's had multiple yeah, serious scandals. Yeah, car oh, yeah, right. yeah. I mean, she's she hasn't really had scandals. No, she hasn't. Her had scandals any. are like, oh, she wore the cat suit to the French Open. Whoop de do, yeah. And, and that's if, good. And she if brought, that, yeah, if that were a guy, like no one would care about, you know, <laughs> yeah, a revealing outfit. Like that's the worst san- scandal that she's been involved. It wasn't with. even revealing. No, it, it was, was just tight. Right. Yeah, right. It was just tight. Right. Like revealing is when it, it's not long so, enough. Yeah. It shows too much right. skin. Yeah. This this didn't show hardly no, any skin. No. It was just the catsuit. Yeah. Exactly. I thought it was cool. Yeah. It was really yeah, cool. Bring a little flavor to the to the to the it's sport. It's Paris. That's right. Exactly. What are you talking yeah. about? What are we doing? Yeah. You're right. Because the 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 uh, tournament that uh, drives me crazy is Wimbledon. So stuffy. Yeah. You know, come on, loosen up. It's, it's um, sport. Speaking of old school, I've been watching the Hulu documentary, mm-hmm. and we were supposed to talk about this now, but we're so sucked into this Serena match here. It's like Kobe's last game. Uh, Pat Riley has had all these years to think about. Oh yeah. That extra training camp he did before oh, the finals. God. He's had all these years to think about it, and they finally asked him if he would do anything different. You want to know what he said? The, the training camp. No, I'll off. tell you next. Oh, okay. Well, well, not next, next, because next is Radio Tinder, but okay. after Radio Tinder. Right. I'll, yeah, okay. I'll tell yeah. you after yeah, Radio Tinder. Yeah, I can't Tinder. wait to hear what he has to say. That's Michael Thompson. I'm Momo, in for Sedano and Cap. Radio Tinder's next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Thanks, Christopher. People uh, really Thanks, love when Chris. I do that. Thanks, Christopher. Oh, yeah, Ramona, you do the, the best, uh, Chris, because you plug <laughs> Michael, your nose. you know how I do it? You just plug your nose. Yeah. So you Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Pretty good, like right? It. Yeah. That's all you got to do. Yours is the best one. Michael, can we get you to do it? <laughs> Thanks. Hi, Lindsay. I'm with- <laughs> no, plug your nose. Try it with the plug. Yeah. Hey, everybody. This is Chris uh, Mello. <laughs> pretty good <laughs> yeah. we need to cut sounds that like, out sounds like alvin and the chipmunks i love it i love it <laughs> all right so radio tinder of course is brought to you by tequila mandala celebrate with tequila mandala today available everywhere fine tequilas are sold visit tequilamandala.com to find a store or restaurant nearest you so have you guys ever wondered what it sounds like inside of a black hole Ooh! oh no. i love this stuff Oh, I know. I know. Me I know and ramona were talking about this and i was like oh this is perfect for michael i got this one just for you <laughs> i gotta imagine 
Wait, wait. She's got the sound. Well, tell me what you think it's going to sound I like. I got to imagine it's got to be extremely noisy with all that material being sucked into this into this vacuum of space. It's got to be a lot of turmoil and like a sound, probably sounds I like a hurricane. I think it's like hurricane. a whole lot of nothing. It's like white noise that I listen yeah, like to at night noise. when I go to sleep. Yeah, like white noise. Got to well, be. Well, over the weekend, NASA shared audio of sound waves that astronomers had extracted from the black hole at the center of the Perseus galaxy cluster. And here is wow. what it sounds like. It's all right. Wait, it gets better. Oh, now we're getting into like some demonic stuff. <laughs> it's getting a little scarier. Okay, so that's the sound of a black hole. Yes, is it? yes, that wow. is the sound of a black hole. How did they know that? Well, because because they, they recorded it. But that could be coming from what? They got a boom any, mic. Yeah, that could be coming from they, anywhere. They recorded it. They could tell us all this stuff, and we never know. I know. You're right, Michael. But you know what? <laughs> I could like, be on some kids on some kids speaker in his basement. I right? choose wow. to believe that know, NASA is uh, genuine in releasing this because it's actually uh, National Black Hole Week. Yeah, I, I want to believe that. it too. Well, they said that there's it's a common misconception that there's no sound in outer space, yeah. mm-hmm. but the amount of gas in a galaxy cluster is what produces the sound that we heard. Right. So I guess there's okay. a lot of gas buildup and all that kind of stuff. Sounds extremely ominous. And a lot of people have weighed in on social media saying that the black hole audio sounds like hell. Yep. Do you guys agree? Swipe left yeah, or swipe I, right, I Michael? Uh, so if you swipe right, that means you agree? That's yeah, correct. I definitely agree. That sounds like like, 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 like how hell would sound. Yes. Do you ever put when you're when you are like floating in a pool? Do you ever put your ears under the water? Like if you float on your back and put your ears into the water, it's not that it's not that like calming. I mean, you you basically are hearing yourself. You're mm-hmm. basically hearing what's going on in your head. Yeah. Or you're hearing like the in, your 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 blood pumping or something. Um, that's not that scary to me. I thought it was going to be like Nightmare on Elm Street. Like that I sounded... feel like it's pretty scary. Yeah, that sound, didn't that sound demonic to you? Play, oh, again. play, it, play it again. Hang on. Okay. Sounds kind of like The Exorcist. Oh, yeah. Know? Yeah, that is scary. There is a little demonic quality. If you were walking out in the woods and you heard the sound, what oh, would yeah, you do? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would get it. I'm, Michael, you don't know this about me. I am a total Freddy cat. I do not watch scary movies. Me either. I hate scary movies. I don't like anything scary. If I see it, even a preview in the movie yeah. theater, I close my eyes and tell my yeah. husband to tell me when it's yeah. over. Anything demonic and stuff like that. I, I don't want to see that stuff. No. no. I'm I too scared. love scary people, stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, people like you love that stuff. I, I can't, love it. I can't get into that stuff. I like, that's like one of the greatest adrenaline rushes is ah. like getting really scared. Watch Chris Farley. No, I don't movie. like it. What an adrenaline <laughs> I don't need that. I don't need an adrenaline yeah, rush. No, I don't. Do you, I don't need to hear about evil and all that stuff. You know what? I I get enough adrenaline making sure I'm going to be someplace on time in exactly. LA traffic. You're right. Well, do You're you, right. <laughs> do you think it sounds like hell, Ramona? Yes. Do you agree with that or no? It sounds a little scary. Yeah. Yes. It's all context. Yeah. Definitely. All right. So I thought that you'd think that, that was is cool, that is spooky, creepy. All right, so if you're looking to get a warm welcome from residents in California, uh, you're being advised to go elsewhere. That's because uh, a recent study came out with a ranking of the rudest cities. Rudest cities? Yeah, the rudest cities. And in California, San Francisco was ranked number one as the most rude city. And it beat out Los Angeles, which ranked as the second rudest city in California. In California, not not the country? Correct. So L.A. ranked the ninth rudest overall in the U.S. And from a national standpoint, the rudest U.S. cities, the top three, were number three was New York, number two is Memphis, and number one is Philadelphia. No way is Memphis. Memphis Memphis is so nice. Yeah, people there are nice. So you guys travel a lot. Yeah. Obviously, you, yeah. you disagree. I was going to ask, do you agree with this? Swipe left or swipe right? Remote? Philadelphia, New York, 
definitely right. Memphis, every time no. I go there, man, people are so nice and friendly. Know, they're so nice. I don't get oh, that. No. Yeah, that's weird. Well, I guess the so the survey was conducted um, by like the 30 largest metro areas, and uh-huh. it was voted on by the residents of each of those cities. Oh, okay. Oh. So wow. it's like the people in Memphis seem to think that they're, <laughs> they're the rudest. Rude. Oh. And so, which is weird because you're right. You generally think of like the South. Yeah. It's like super like nice. hospitality. Right. Okay, so that's that's a totally different question though. Because that is like self-hatred there. That's sort of like how you see yourself rather than how you see other people. Mm-hmm. So like people in New York, I think that's a badge of honor. They're like, Yeah, we're rude. <laughs> and proud of it. Like, yeah. Yeah. And people in uh, Memphis. What do you want to do like- about it? <laughs> Yeah, right. right. Okay. Exactly. People in Memphis are just like, I think we're real rude. Yeah, we could be nicer. We could be nicer, yeah. 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 Whereas in LA, we're like, no, we're cool. Yeah. Exactly. San Francisco's like, oh yeah, we're kind of rude. Okay, so what about between the two? In California, with, I think that's probably right. You think San Francisco? I mean, Michael, you go there all the I time. I go to San Francisco yeah, a lot. Um I I don't know. I mean I've been in LA a long time and here people are usually I haven't really run into any rude people. I really haven't. But I guess between the two of them. Probably San Francisco, yeah, because it's a more condensed city. Yeah. It's cr- more crowd, crowded, more people pushing for space. So, yeah, probably San Francisco. I think San Francisco is ruder. Um, there's too many health nuts there. Yeah. They drink kombucha and stuff that's not really good for you, but you feel like you have to do it. All the high-tech nerds the, up yeah. there. And they're all like the tech industry. Yeah, yeah, the tech uh, industry. yeah. all the guys techies. I went to college with, like, kind of nerdy, not so friendly. Yeah. yeah. Um, with, their man, with their man buns and stuff. <laughs> their yeah. man buns. Well, you know. so, so can you take a guess of what the two least rude and like the most polite cities in California are. Oh, that's California? easy. Santa Ana, where I'm always down there. People are so nice. Irvine, San Clemente, all those people are nice. Gotta so be. You got a guess, Ramona? I would say Santa Barbara, San Diego. San Diego is number one, the number most one. polite. And then number two is uh, Santa Rosa. Oh, okay. Santa Rosa, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. up north, yeah. yeah Santa Ana's nice. But it's also the way they see themselves. That's how, how you think of yourself. Yeah, we're really nice. We live yeah. in San Diego. I feel like people in San Diego... I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I haven't been there that much, but generally speaking, everyone I know from San Diego is really nice. Except Sliwa. Oh, Sliwa's from there? <laughs> yeah, Kaplan's yeah, from there. Sliwa's yeah, from Cap there. is so nice, though. Like, Cap is nice. very friendly and sharing yeah. and open. And yeah. like, it's because they live know. at the beach. Yeah, I live at the beach, the beach though, you know, and I, have, I live around a lot of miserable Weather's people. Weather's always 72 yeah. degrees. Yeah, it's nice there. Oh, it's like that here. Yeah, they could get kind of chilly in the winter. You're you walk right. outside of crypto.com sometimes, man. Walk through that tunnel, not, down the loading dock. It's freezing down there. Right. <laughs> 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 you went to school in Minnesota. <laughs> exactly. That's why I left. All right. Well, speaking of traveling, last uh-huh. one here. Traveling uh, is obviously exhausting in general, but for those of us, like myself, without children, boarding public transportation and being greeted by an unhappy baby can really make you miserable while you're traveling. But one woman has said there's a very simple solution that could stop child-free adults from having to listen to kids screaming on planes. A TikToker went viral after she suggested that airlines create adults-only flights. Now, I've been saying this for a year, so, you know, it's I'm happy that it's finally getting some traction. Do you guys think that airlines should offer child-free flights? Swipe no. left or swipe right, Michael? Left, left. People who get irritated by babies screaming and crying are idiots. That's what babies <laughs> do, Okay. And we've all had children that we have, and sometimes you have to understand that babies are going to get cranky, and that's just part of life. And if, if you're sitting, and I've been on planes sitting next to someone with a baby, and a baby's crying and crying, I don't get mad. It's a, it's a baby. And babies get irritated, they get sick, they feel bad, and they're going to cry. And if you're an adult, and that 
makes you mad because a baby or a little child is crying, then check yourself. Something's wrong with you. There you go, Michael. Yeah. So I used to be more like you, Lindsay. Okay, I used to feel like, oh, it's so annoying. And I think there would be, um, I think there is a time and a place for adults only. Um, for adults only everything, anything you want, right? Whether yeah. it's an adults only party, adults, adults only, only pools, pools, resorts, like maybe even adults only movies. Like, you know, we have rating systems for that, I guess. Adults only flights would probably be very successful um, because there are people who will pay a premium for that to not I have would. to listen to, to not have to listen. Or you could have like an adult section and like there's the kids section um, of the, all the, way in the, the plane. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Well, actually, the kids section would be in the front. In the front, why? Yeah, because the boarding, they, they take long. Right, you no, want they, no, because they board first. If you have a oh, trip, yeah, okay. so they get the board first. Okay. And it, but then they have to wait longer to get off. You know, g- yeah. quick yeah. tangent here, Michael, now that you mention it. During COVID, most of the airlines were started boarding from back to front. Why mm. Why did they go back to the nor- the other boarding? Why haven't they not continued doing that? That makes yeah. so much more sense to so board much a, more a sense. plane from back to front instead I of back to back. They I should. Tra- when I do have to travel with the pets, I mean with the people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so used to traveling with the Lakers. They do go, they yeah. board you in groups, and you see like yeah. group one, has to go, wait a minute, let me think. You're right, because if I'm in group one, I'm in first class, and they put us on first. You're right. Yes, yes. And then, cause, so you obviously don't travel that much commercially, Michael. No, no, I try not to. I haven't traveled that much since COVID. And I'm not elitist, folks. I travel first class because I have to because my legs. Okay? Yes, I can't you're very tall. Coach. I understand. So it's not like I'm trying to you know, show, oh, I'm better than you. I go first class. I have to because of leg room. But you're right. But usually they put the first class passengers in first, and then they go from seven. To, they put the people start going back to front. They did that during COVID. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's you know, way smarter. It, and it, it goes makes, way faster. Yes, it makes way more sense. But then they went back because it's like they want the people, you know, people got to think that if they're paying for a closer yeah. to the front seat that they deserve they get to get on, on the first. plane faster. Yeah. But I wait until the last minute. Yeah. But anyway, really quick, for what it's worth. Don't don't wait until the last minute because you know why? You might get on last and there's no more overhead space for your carry-on. Well, I never bring a carry-on. You I never do? I my bags. Oh, usually. wow. Yeah. I, I, um, do, I only bring something that fits under my seat and then I usually check it. But So yeah. I would say with the adults-only airline... Um, I used to always be annoyed with kids on planes because I was traveling for business and I don't want to listen to you. And blah, blah, blah. Um, but now that I have kids, I also just think we all live in this world where um, we all live in this world where it's always about convenience and it's like what I want and what's good for me. And, and I just think it's we're, we'd just be better <laughs> if we weren't like that. We'd just be better if everybody felt like they're all in it together. Yep. But you're right. I do, I do think, and it's something for me, like I've learned patience, but I've also learned that because I made the choice to have kids. Right. So I made that choice and I respect people who make the choice not to have kids. Sure. So I, I'm okay with like having the adults only thing. Cause like you make a choice to have kids. And then I always think like, I shouldn't have to, just because you choose to have kids, then I shouldn't have to be inconvenienced because you had kids right or right and all that there's also like when you're the parent of the kid you can be nice to the parent of the kid like if you see somebody and the mom has got the kids and they're oh, screaming yeah, I always and you feel, feel bad, bad for them, them. Right. yeah i always feel bad for them yeah and there's there's certain people where you're like why did you make the choice to travel like why did you do this like your kid is way too young or your kid's way too this or way, you know like you don't control them or they don't feel like it's their responsibility but you never to know it. yeah and i always think of that because mm-hmm. it doesn't make me mad Like, I'm not someone who gets mad because I had to travel with my nephew when he was really little. I remember having to travel with my cousins to my aunt's funeral Mm -hmm. when she had she had like a two year old and like a newborn. And so they were crying the whole time. So I get it. I understand that. Mm -hmm. Like you, you don't necessarily it's not like you're all going to Disney World. Like, I get it. But at the same time, I feel like if the option is there and people are going to pay for it, why not try it out? Because I would pay extra if I'm going to like Hawaii or going on like a trip. I'd pay extra for an adults only flight for sure. Yeah, I think people would do that. They pay extra. 
well, it must not be a money maker because airlines would be thinking about it. Right? I know. I feel yeah. like I feel like they yeah, somebody right. would have thought of it. Yeah, and done it. By it was now. a money maker. Yeah. Um, hey, Michael, I have been. That's all you got for radio Tinder, right? Yep. All right. So my boy Pat Riley took us up to <laughs> Santa Barbara. We were. This was nineteen. 1991? No, 1989. 1989. 1989. We got to do something to keep these guys busy and keep them in tune, keep them in sync, game ready. We got to do something to keep them game ready. So what should we do, Bill Burtka and Randy Fund, the assistant coaches? Back then we only had two assistants. How about that? Now <laughs> wow. you got two, okay. two for each player, yeah. uh, which is good. It means more jobs. So Riley and the staff said, uh, came up with this brilliant idea. Oh, I know what we can do. Let's go to Santa Barbara for a week and have training camp <laughs> in June, be just before the NBA Finals. What do you mean training camp, Riles? You mean like just have a practice? No, let's go and have two-a-days. Two-a-days. Two-a-days before the Finals. Is this the year that he guaranteed that you'd win again? No, that was 86-87. Uh, uh, we won, and he went up on the stage and said, I guarantee we're going to win it again next year. Yeah. And we did in 88. So this is episode three of, of Legacy. Of yeah. The so Riles and his staff came up with the brand idea to take us away to Santa Barbara for a week for uh, to go back to training camp like it was back in October, two a days before the final starts. And I'm talking about two days hard practice. Not just go up there, shoot around, tickle and giggle each other, and uh, shoot free throws and go home and practice for an hour. No, we're talking about three hours each practice. <sighs> we go up there, the first day in practice, you would think we were Aaron Donald swinging helmets. <laughs> it was so physical, beating on each other, going full speed, game speed, game action, Kareem throwing elbows in my throat, um, doing drills two against one, uh, as if you're trying to tackle guys going for a rebound. I remember look, turning around to Bill Burtka. I said, Bert, somebody's going to get hurt, man. These, they're going too hard here. I remember saying that verbatim, just like that, just as if we practiced this morning. And we going out there, this, we had this drill, two, two against one rebounding drill. They throw the ball up. You go get the rebound. Whoever gets the rebound, like you get an offensive rebound, the other two guys that's preventing from scoring. And I mean, and if you didn't prevent them from scoring, or if a guy scored, he can go sit out and, yep. and rest. So you, you're not going to let the guy score because you want to score. So anyway, A.C. Green and Kurt Rambis and Cooper just beating the heck out of each other, beating the crap out of each other so you won't be the guy, won't let the guy, so you want because you want to be the guy to score. Anyway, so during the drill, sure enough, Byron, ah, I hear that. He, goes, he pulls mm. up, tears a hammy. He's done. 
done for the playoffs. Right after I said Bill Burke, somebody's going to get hurt. Byron Scott just tears his hamstring. He's done. No Byron Scott for the finals. That's like Detroit, who's, who was our eventual champ uh, opponent, was playing without Joe Dumars. Mm-hmm. Think that would affect them without Joe Dumars? Yeah. Well, you had the Byron Scott not having, not having Byron Scott. It was the same effect that we had. Now we're down Byron Scott. Great. So all these years later, Pat Riley is doing interviews. He did, he's in a lot of interviews for this for this legacy documentary, mm-hmm. and I always think these are these are fun because uh, he's a very introspective man. Oh he's yes, a, he's a unbelievable to. storyteller. Yep. He is very introspective. He's very sensitive. Like if you heard him speak at Doctor Buss's funeral, he was unbelievable. Oh, he is a great speaker. Great speaker. Great motivational speaker. And all these years later, they're reliving what happened there. By the way, be, before you tell. What he said, uh, I'm going to be seeing Pat Riley in about 12, 13 days. I'm flying to Hawaii with Pat Riley on his private jet. Uh, we're going over for a Showtime reunion from the 12th wow. until the 18th. All the Showtime guys, everybody's getting together over in Maui. And we're actually going to have a practice. You're going to have a practice. Just a walkthrough. And I'm talking about legitimately walkthrough. We're just going to be walking and going through. Don't like get hurt, good. Michael. Oh, I know you have you a new You think I'm going to try anything? No, we're going to just go to the okay. gym and we're going to have a, like, a walkthrough like we did before the game. It. You think he's going to make no, us you run? Guys, you guys are going to play. <laughs> There's no way you're going to go and have. Just so late. All the Showtime guys are going to go on going vacation. K- Kareem, everybody's going. Bob McAdoo, everybody wow. is on Showtime. That era is going to be over there. I was I was the last holdout. I didn't want to go. Why not? Too far. Too far. I love Hawaii. I, I love Hawaii. It's beautiful. It's not the Bahamas, but it's beautiful. It's a good second choice. And so everybody had committed to going. Are you guys on like a group text? Kind of, yeah. Everybody's, really? So I wasn't going to go, Lindsay. So, you know, I wasn't going to I said, you know what? I don't want to go. I'm going to take I, your place. I've been trying to get someone to go. I love all the guys. Weekend. I see the guys at Crypto.com Arena. I see the guys at Laker Games. I love them all. respect them all. It's, it's always a joy and a thrill when yeah. I see them. So, hey, Michael, we got this reunion in, in Maui for the showtime. You, you're going to go? I was like, no, I don't think I'm going. Everybody else had committed, right? So I said, I'm not going. So anyway, I'm sitting in my car at the Dodger game waiting to go in yeah. in the parking lot. Phone rings. Magic's assistant is on the, yeah. on the phone. Hey, man, what you doing? What do you mean you ain't going? It was Magic. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, you can't say no to him. <laughs> can't say no to Magic Johnson. And then sure enough, the next morning, Riley says, calls me. I see this 305 number pop up. I yep. say, who's this? Anyway, I pick it up because I usually don't pick it up. What do you mean you're not going? It was Riles. I said, I... Talk to Do you still get nervous when he calls you? Heck yeah! Are you kidding yeah. me? I started. Uh, I started. <laughs> I started. My I got cotton mouth. And I, I I couldn't talk. And I said, actually, coach. And I still call him coach. Well, I call him Riles, but I said, coach, because I have so much respect and love for him. I said, well, Buck, was, who was Magic? We yeah. don't call him Magic. Yeah, we call yeah. him Buck. I said Buck called me last night and kind of ordered me, so I'm going. Yeah. So, so I'm actually going. To, so what's the occasion for this? Just a reunion. Yeah. Uh, this is what 2022, I guess. After all these years, we're getting older. Yeah. And we just want to get uh, everybody together, maybe one last time. Who knows? Yeah. Kareem's getting Kareem 75, 76 years of age, going to be 76. So I guess they just wanted to get everybody together after That's all cool. these years to appreciate what we went through as a, as a, as a era, as a unit. So anyway. So who makes the cut? Like, are there are there people from this era, like, they're on the team that we probably Probably not. Probably some guys who are 12th man, 13th yeah. man, maybe there for a year or two, probably not going to go. But for the most part, I think it's going to be like 40 guys over there. Wow. A lot of people going to be there. Anyway, and you're going to play a game? No, no, we're going to go to practice and just walk through. No. We're walking, You are definitely Ramona. We're not running. We're walking. 75-year-old Kareem is, is going to play? 
No, walking. We're just going to go through like a walking practice. We're not running. Play. I ain't running. All right, so in this so anyway, so done. Riley's going to fly us over there on a private plane. Pat so Riley. I was going to fly commercial. I, I would have flew commercial, but they said, no, no. we're going to go private. You're definitely going to go. Do you see the yacht that Magic charters every summer to go around yeah. the bed? Oh, yeah. Okay, he's not flying. Which is a waste of money. Magic. I always tell him, why are you going to the Mediterranean? Come to the Bahamas. We got better sailing water. True. Anyway, I'm just jealous. It, it is have... a way longer flight, though. Yeah, way to longer. Because to... I, I looked into it from here. To go to where? To the Mediterranean? To go to the Bahamas. Oh, to, to Hawaii? Oh, yeah. yeah. Bahamas, which is actually closer to L.A. than than Hawaii is. Really? It is, by miles, but you have oh, to yeah, stop yeah, in yeah. Dallas or you got to stop in Miami. Atlanta. Yeah. But it is a director yeah. to Honolulu or wherever. So, Riles is asked all oh, these Maui. years later. If you had it to do over again, like knowing Byron got hurt or right. his hamstring, you and then, losing the finals. And that practice also led to Magic's, to weakening Magic's hamstring. Because he got hurt in game one. He got hurt too. So Would you do anything different? I gotta, I gotta, what do you think Pat says? I got to believe Riley looking back and realizing the mistake of taking us up there for a hard, two hard, two hard practices a day for a week. He has to have said, yeah, that was a big mistake and I'm sorry I did it. No. No! Doubles down and basically says... No, I think it was it was exactly the right thing to do, and what? I would do it over again if I could. These guys were going to lose their rhythm; they were going to lose their, and wow. so people get hurt all the time. I I should do it. I I would do it again. Wait right till I see him on the plane. I'm gonna anyway. I'm yeah. not gonna say nothing. You gotta watch episode three. Yeah. Okay. He also talked about when he decided to leave the Lakers. Well, he was fired, but he decided yeah. to leave too. Right. This was after the 1989-90 season. And he and he was very introspective, okay? He's been doing he got to be kind mm-hmm. of famous. He did all these commercials, the Reebok commercials, Rolades, even promoting his book. Do you remember his book? Oh yeah. Inside the Lakers breakthrough season, he said fame can grab a hold of you, but it can manifest manifest itself into a real personality change. I was starting to grow where I was in commercials and I was doing this thing and that. We were in the playoffs, and I did a four-hour interview trying to sell the book the night before a game. I get all over somebody else if they did it, but I went ahead and did it, and that's where I have gotten to. I thought I could handle it. I think all the players got a little upset with all the attention I was drawing to myself, and I began to lose myself a little bit, thinking thinking it was me. And I thought I was the reason that we, the Lakers, were successful. The ego gets a little inflated. I was on the cover of Gentleman's Quarterly. Um, is that that's like very introspective? Like, look yeah. in the mirror. Mm-hmm. He obviously was wrong about that. Yeah, right? I don't it think changed the dynamic with the team and him. I think uh, he was there for ten years, and I think mm-hmm. he felt from what got talking to him. I think he felt that he 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 had done all he could do. It was time mm-hmm. to, for a new voice to come in, and he thought maybe the guys had heard heard from him too much. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick obviously been there a long time. Who else has had a long tenure as a coach? Uh, Greg Popovich has yeah. been there forever, 20 years or whatever. But I think Riles has felt, I could go as far as I can go with these guys. They need to hear a new voice. I think mm. that's why, to me, I thought that's why That's the story we we always right. heard. Yeah. But for him saying that now, like, I got I got a little too big for my britches. Yeah, like, it's the first time like I heard I, that. I became more, I you know, you always think, um, sometimes people think it's about them. You know, sometimes, I never got that impression that he thought, the reason why we were winning and the Showtime was because so, so, of him. Obviously, he had a huge part in it. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. He was as, as much a part of it, as, but he was successful because of Magic and Worthy, Rambus, Kareem, yeah. Norm Nixon, and the list goes on and on. Jamal Wilkes. So yeah, he had a they were he had a part of it, but he was a part of it just like those guys were. Michael Cooper, Byron. So yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. 
I don't think, I didn't come across when I was in the locker room and he was coaching us or talking to us that he felt like it was all about him, like he was a bigger star than Magic or Kareem or Worthy. Hmm. I never I never got that vibe well, from Well, in this era, so many of the best players have their own podcasts, their yeah, own shows. Right. Kyrie Irving last week mm-hmm. went on LeBron James's show. And? and we got a little of the audio that's come out getting ready for this episode of The Shop. I'll tell you about it next. That's Michael Thompson. I'm Ramona Shelburne in for Sedano and Cap, ESPN LA.